And so I, I've never experienced that firsthand uh, from any family members or even anyone close to me in my life uh, that may have served in any of our armed uh, forces or any of our military branches and, and actually lost their life serving. But I know that there are people in this room and people that are part of Linked Up Church that have been impacted by that. We just want you to know that we'll be praying for you over the next two days. We're here to support you. If you need anything from us, please don't hesitate to let us know. And I would ask the rest of the congregation when you wake up tomorrow, before you enjoy your family members and friends or head off to vacation, wherever you may be going, just take a moment to reflect and take some time praying for those that have lost loved ones and pray that the God of all comfort, who he is, will comfort them, uh, not just on tomorrow, but throughout the rest of their lives, and that if they lost a father, he would be a father to the fatherless. If they lost a mother, he'd be a mother to the motherless. Or whatever the case is, God would more than make up the difference as to whatever's going on in their lives, okay? One more time, can we honor everyone present today that may have been affected by that? Okay. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, I am aware that this is a holiday weekend. You can be seated. And so I won't be before you long. We're going to wrap up today. Uh, something happened in me. Uh, I guess it was about two weeks ago now when Bill Winston was here. And my wife can attest to that. He just came right in the office and began being a father and, and almost poking his finger in my chest and, and really uh, talking about what the church at large, he wasn't specifically talking about linked up church, but he was talking about the church at large needing to return back to the supernatural and that the days and times that we're living in, it's going to be important that people not just hear the word of God, but they see the word of God and almost just like poking you in your chest. And he just kept going down uh, these lines and sharing certain things. And the message was really birthed out of that. And it, it made me go and explore uh, things that I knew, but to put me in remembrance and then add more revelation to what I uh, had already known. And so I want to share with you all, how many of y'all were at that service on Friday night with Bill Winston? You know, a lot of times we can kind of get numb to someone of that level or really any uh, minister of the gospel releasing something into the atmosphere as almost some kind of attempt to emotionally stir up the room to get a response, and it really has no real power behind it. And so something he told me, he said, make sure you share testimonies with the people out of that service, what took place there. And I want to share uh, one with you today, and then I'm going to share some other ones just from last Sunday, and then we'll get into the message on today. This one uh, came in shortly thereafter, and it reads this way. It's a long one, so I'm going to try to pick my spots. Hi, Pastor Gregory. Hi, Pastor Gregory. I wanted to share a testimony with you. I attended the service with Bill Winston a couple of weeks ago, and he prophesied that money would come to the people who were there. Well, God supernaturally gave me scholarship money for my son to attend Riverside Military Academy last year. This happened after the Lord told me to write a letter to the school explaining my situation. I did. He blessed my son with almost 80% of the tuition. Come on, we can do better than that. <clears throat> it's a long testimony, so just to cut some time, we don't have a whole lot of time in this service. The total amount granted to her son was $36,000 in scholarship money. Okay? And so what I want you all to know that anytime a word is released, I mean, you can really grab a hold of that word by faith. And that word can come to pass in your life if you actually believe the word that was spoken. Let me share just uh, two more with you from last Sunday. <clears throat> this one really blessed me. Uh, sorry, Pastor, I know it's late, uh, but I have a, to share a testimony since hands were laid on me uh, last Sunday. The past few weeks have been difficult as if Satan has been using the people closest to me to attack my emotions and self-esteem. I was assisting a family member for the past three years until they finalized a divorce. Suddenly, three weeks ago, they abruptly said they no longer needed my help, found a home, and I had to move out. There was no prior argument or disagreement, just all of a sudden a change of heart towards me. I was surprised, but then I began to pray. I have a lot of student loans and new credit, so I felt I would not be approved for a home. To make a long story short, last Friday I went to view a home to live. The price was somewhat above what I thought I could afford, but it was nice and in a good location. The man and wife were kind, they were believers, and they told me they liked my spirit. 
afraid, but taking a step out of faith on Tuesday, taking a step out on faith Tuesday, I applied. And today, he and his wife told me they accepted me to move into their homes. I went from not knowing where I would live on Sunday as you laid hands on me to now having a home to live in. To God be the glory. Come on, folks. Come on. We can do better than that. That, that blessed me. And these are the things that need to consistently happen because, you, you know, you're sitting next to people, but you don't really know what's going on in their lives. And people need to come in the church and not just hear that God is real, but they need to see that God is real. I want to read another one here. Um, she approved me to share this one. That um, blessed me as well. This was from last Sunday as well. Hello, Pastor Gregory. I have a praise report. I'm going to shorten this a little bit. Just a few minutes ago, my grandmother, who lives in Colorado, just called me uh, and told me that she paid off one of my student loans. It was a Sally May loan uh, with a balance of 4000 She put it to the penny, $340.73. She paid it off, and it is one less loan for me to worry about. Okay. Unexpected phone call from the grandmother. And so the way this is written, she probably has additional loans. Why don't we just get in agreement with her right now? For every loan, not just the one, but for every loan to be supernaturally paid off. How I many know you don't have to do everything by yourself? God is not only willing, but he is also able to help you. My wife will tell you on last Sunday, my phone rang. You know, you're tired after ministering two services, so I let it go into voicemail. Then it dawned on me because it was an unrecognizable number what happened in the service earlier today. Let me listen to this message. And sure enough, it was one of our members who had my uh, personal cell phone contact information, and they were getting ready to be put on insulin, uh, become a diabetic, all kind of different things. And uh, you never get reports on Sundays. All of a sudden, the doctor sent them a report that all of their test results came back normal. They will not have to go on insulin, will not be a diabetic. Come on, God is good, folks. And the person was so excited. They said, I know I shouldn't be calling you at home on a Sunday, but I knew you would want to hear this. And I'm tell you, I'm, I told him, I'm so glad that you called me. You actually made my Sunday. How many of you know we serve a supernatural God? All right. He's just not the God of the natural. He's also the God of the supernatural, okay? And so let's pick up where we left off on last week. We're talking about the gospel is meant to be seen and heard. We know the gospel is powerful. It is meant by the Lord to be both seen and heard. It is intended to be presented to this world both in its preached format, but also with visible manifestations and demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's power. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Let's look at our opening text, and then we'll pick up with all new information from there. Started off here because I believe so many people can't receive because they allow themselves to be offended, not just with God, but how I many know it's easy to allow yourself to be offended with people? And you really have to work hard in this life to not be offended with both God and people. People are going to do things, but I've learned that everyone is not trying to hurt you. There are obviously people out there that are, but, but everyone is not trying to hurt you. Right? And if we learn just to not allow ourselves to be offended, I think we can walk in greater levels of God's demonstration and manifestation in our lives. Matthew chapter 11, 2 through 5 says, When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Now, how many know John knew he was the one, right? Earlier, he actually quoted, it's quoted where he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? So he knew exactly who Jesus was, and he knew exactly what he came to do. But what happened is an event happened in, in, uh, in John's life, and as a result of that event happening, how many know it changed? And if you really listen to what he's saying here, what he's saying is, I'm in prison, and because I'm in prison, if you're really who you said you are, why am I in prison? If a job didn't come through us the way we thought it should, I mean, it's easy to say to God, why didn't you come through for me? Or, or God, I do this, I do that, why am I in this situation? It's real subtle, but how I many know that's actually blaming God for your situation? 
instead of embracing the God who really wants to help you out of your situation. And that's what situation he's in right now. And he says, uh, go back. Uh, John says, go back and report. This is Jesus' response, red letter. Go back and report to John, notice this, what you hear and see. Then he began to tell him, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Jesus said, go back and tell John not just what you hear, but go back and tell John what you hear and what you see. So ultimately what Jesus is saying here is that people could draw the conclusion that he is the one that he said he is by not only what they heard, but also by what they saw, including miraculous healings of the blind, laying leprous, uh, raising the dead, and so many other things. And so the good news is preached convincingly, convincingly when people not just hear the message, but they see the message in demonstration and live. How many of y'all believe that today? All right, let me ask you a question. Has God ever manifested himself to you? Raise your hand if he has. What did that do to you? Strengthens your faith, right? It confirms that he's what? Real, okay? Let's pick up with new information. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I saw something here, of course, again, Bible school graduate, uh, you know, studied all these things in Bible school, but I noticed something different here. So I'm actually going to start there and then back up and talk about how it actually led to this point. In Acts chapter 2, verse 32 and 33, we know that the entire chapter or text here is talking about the promise coming of the Holy Spirit. Then you're going to see the crowd's response to the Holy Spirit's arrival. And then Peter's going to stand up and he's going to minister this powerful message. And in this powerful message, he says this in verse 32 and 33. Are you all there? In verse 32, notice what he says here, 32 and 33. He says, this Jesus has raised up of which we are all, what's that word there? Witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, watch this now, he poured out that which you now see and what? It's interesting that the Holy Spirit's arrival didn't just come with words. It actually came with things that you could also see, demonstrations. Now, a lot of people argue that the baptism of the Holy Spirit or praying in other tongues or languages is not the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so, how do we draw that conclusion? I don't want to argue the point. I want to help us understand how that conclusion is drawn. You don't have to turn there, but in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he instructed his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from where? from on high, right? So he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. Now, of course, churches and denominations, if you don't study things out, how I many know then tarrying ministries were birthed out of that? How many of y'all come from ministries that tarry, where they would send you into a back room and they would tell you to do what? Tarry for the Holy Ghost. Am I the only one that came from that? Literally, when I first gave my life to Christ, they sent me in a back room and told me to wait on it. Right? And there were people in there saying, say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Say, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How I many of you say hallelujah as fast as you can 20 times? It will sound like something, but that doesn't mean that is the Holy Spirit, right? And that's really what my experience was. But as I grew in the things of God, learned more about the Scripture, how I many of you are going to be accurate? Jesus said, Terry, in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So if we're going to be scripturally accurate, then we need to go over to Jerusalem and wait on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? So clearly we don't have to do that because the Holy Spirit is here. So the conclusion is drawn because 
after he told them that and they went and they waited in the upper room, then the initial response is what we see. So let's go back up to verse 1 and let's begin reading at verse 1. And this is how people draw the conclusion that it is the initial infilling and it is the manifestation and confirmation that people are filled. I believe you can be filled without the manifestation. The manifestation can come later, but I mean, no, it certainly can come at the moment that you received it. All right, and so in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. How many know it's important for everyone to be on the same page? How many believe the Spirit will flow more powerfully if everyone is in agreement with what He's doing? Right, and so they're all in one place with one accord, and suddenly there came a sound. So notice, noise came first. So certainly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them cloven or divided tongues as of fire, and it set on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them what? Okay, so let's go real slow. So what showed up first was something that was loud, noise, something that they could hear. Notice shortly after that, then what showed up was something that they could hear. So first there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled uh, the whole house. Then watch this. Then there appeared unto them. So they first heard something, then they what? Saw something. Do you think God is now confirming what he said to them in Luke chapter 24? To tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. How many know you're going to believe something is showing up when you hear noise? Then it's going to confirm something is showing up when you now see something. And appear to them cloven or or divided kinds of tongues as a fire. And now watch this. What they heard and what they saw is now beginning to rest how? Upon them, not within them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. What's left after all? Okay. How do we know they were filled with other tongues? It says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, tongues here is glossia in the Greek. And it means languages, right? Utterance here means manner or style by which they spoke. So, in other words, no two people spoke the same. We understand that in the natural. How many know none of us have the same voice plate? Just like we don't have the same fingerprints. How many know God is unique? So, your language won't sound like my language. My language won't sound like your language. But it is a language that God will give to everyone who wants to receive that. How many of y'all believe that? All right. And so, notice the Spirit, they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak. So, who did the speaking, them or the Holy Spirit? That's why I wanted to take my time, right? How many of y'all English majors are in here, right? So, so the understood subject is they, right, in this text. So, they really began to speak. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So what I want you to understand, the Holy Spirit is not going to make you do anything. You can stand there all day long and say, follow me, Lord. But if you don't cooperate and agree and yield, then how many know he can't give you any utterance? All right, we understand this in the natural. You cannot say your first name like this. (laughs) We minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit to people, and this is what they do. And what they're expecting is something to take a hold of their tongue and take off. When, when actually is you yielding your tongue, just like you have to do when you say your own name. And then how many of the Holy Spirit rushes in and gives you the style by which you speak? Let's go a little further here. Drop down to verse 41. And I'm going to come back around this these areas here in the summer. I just want to touch some things on today that just kind of stuck out. Actually, before we, yeah, let's go drop down to verse 41. And so, uh, Peter's sermon begins in verse 14. I believe, and again, 
I can only believe this based off of how the text lays this out. I believe, you know how later on 3,000 people gave their lives to the Lord? I believe there are over 3,000 people witnessing what's happening to 120 people. And as a result of what's happening to 120 people, 3,000 more people are now interested in wanting the same thing. Let me show you why. Watch verse 30, uh, verse 41. Same audience here. So, so Peter has not left this crowd. How many know they accused them of being drunk? How many know that's a part of the gifts of the Spirit? People are going to think certain things because they don't know about it. And, and Peter had to stand up and say, how could they be drunk? It's only 9 a.m. in the morning, and they've had nothing to drink. Right? And so they're going to always be people, but I want you to see that, that one thing about the supernatural and the things of God is nothing to be afraid of. I mean, at some point, he's going to demonstrate exactly who he is in your life. Now you're going to know it for yourself, not just because someone told you something. Okay, drop down to verse 40, actually 40 and 41 here. Then we'll back up. I'll show you something else. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation to that crowd of individuals. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, water baptized, and that day 3,000 souls were added to them. Why? Because of what they heard and what they saw. So what gave credibility to what Peter preached in that sermon beginning at verse 14 was the people could reflect all the way back prior to that to what they heard and they saw. And then these disciples are stumbling out of this room. And while they're praying and speaking in other tongues, all of these different nations and ethnos is present, but they can actually hear them speaking to them in their own language. Now, nowhere in here does it actually say that they're speaking in their own language. So how many know this could be a supernatural manifestation where God is now allowing them to hear what they're actually speaking so that they can become saved. My wife will tell you, I, 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 I don't, can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that they were overseas ministering, and while they were praying in other tongues, the people knew exactly what they were saying in their, their native tongue. Am I right or wrong? I can't tell you how many times we've sat with different leaders and said while they were overseas, they began praying in other tongues, and supernaturally everyone in the audience understood what they said. Tongues, folks, is one of the best, one of the most supernatural gifts a believer could ever receive. It's nothing to be afraid of. Matter of fact, I will tell you, it is probably the single best gift I've ever received from God. Let me read something else to you, and I'll explain to you why. In this powerful message that Peter is referring to, this convincing Pentecostal outpouring as Jesus in heaven has poured out. Look at verse 33. Look at what Peter says here. Therefore, being exalted, as we read earlier, at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he, Jesus, poured out this which you now, what? See and hear. So, you know what he's doing? He's comforting the people that not only did Jesus receive it himself, but he's also now pouring it out on all of these people that you all are witnessing. Some point later on, I'm going to come back and walk you through all this. I mean, every time you study something, you learn something that you didn't know before. And it's so easy to just stick with what you've always learned. But if you go into something, almost going into it like you've never learned anything, you're going to learn some things, and it's going to really blow your mind about how good God actually is. And so when I think about my saved life, Praying in tongues is so vital to, to my success. You know, the Scripture talks about there are times when we don't know what to pray for as we are. But the Spirit Himself helps us. Well, how does He help us? How does He help us in the areas that we're weak? We can pray in other tongues. Jude 20 says, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How many know sometimes your faith will get weak, but when you begin to pray in other tongues, it'll actually re-energize and revitalize your faith. 21 there says, keeping yourself in the love of God. How many know praying in tongues has helped keep me in the love of God? I don't wake up every day wanting to love people, but when I get that tongue time in, how many know it builds me up to now walk in love and keep me in the love of God? 
So notice it keeps me in faith because faith works by love, and it keeps me in love. So if any one of those two get off, then how many know I'm not operating at full capacity? And tongues is a big piece of that. How many know there are just things God wants to bless you with that your spirit knows, but your head doesn't have understanding right now? How many of y'all believe that? Right? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, He that prayeth in an unknown tongue, he's praying divine mysteries. And divine mysteries there is interpreted as divine secrets. So clearly then there are things in your spirit that are known to God, known to the things of God, but they have not been revealed to your head yet. And how many of you can't operate until you've been enlightened in it? Where would you get that from, Pastor? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that the secret things, the deep things of God can only be revealed by, uh, by the Spirit of man so that we can know the things that are freely given to us by God. But notice we can only know what's been revealed and what's been given to us by God that can only be known in our spirit that cannot be known up here. So the things of God you get in your spirit first, then you get them in your head. It's spiritual, and then it's natural. So imagine if I spend all of my time just in English. I've learned that, that while I'm praying, I've got about a 15 to 20-minute window of what I can pray in English. And then I'm done. I mean, we don't know everything around what's going on in this country, especially in an election year. All we know is anyone can run for president. And become the nominee. And now be the front runner. How many know there's no English you can pray around that? You need to bypass your natural understanding and begin to pray over in the Holy Ghost about these situations, right? And, and they're just only, I've noticed I'm limited up to a point about, I'm limited in my understanding about most things. But the Holy Spirit is unlimited. And the more I tap into his unlimited ability, then he grants me the ability to understand and know what to do. How I many of you cannot pastor a church naturally? You just don't know what to do. But the more you pray in other tongues, it'll enlighten you as to what to do. This is getting ready to shock you. How I many of you know men and women, it's difficult for us to live together? Oh, Lord, let me, let me, I'm the only one in here willing to be honest, huh? Not because something is wrong, but because something is different. We just don't operate the same. So I have learned, I don't, I can't try to understand that. I've got to pray in other tongues. And the Lord has to reveal to me. And the more I try to do it on my own, the more I mess it up. The more I pray in other tongues, and he tells me, okay, don't do this, stop that, slide, and then all of a sudden things begin to work out. Things that I don't know how to do on my own, the Holy Ghost makes up the difference. Are you listening, church? What's supposed to set us apart from everyone else is the supernatural. If we go to a full gospel, charismatic, Pentecostal, tongue-talking, foot-stomping, hand-slapping, come on, somebody, running up the aisles, then we ought to see God manifested in these services. And the more you can get everyone on one accord, praying in other tongues, then how many know we'll have more manifestations of the supernatural in these services? It is nothing to be afraid of. It is one of the greatest gifts that God could ever give his people. If you are not using this in your prayer life, in your personal time, you are missing out on 50% of what God has for you. And it may be the most important 50% that you need because it grants you access into a supernatural realm that you cannot get yourself in naturally. Can I get three good hallelujahs in this building today? Now, look up here at me for a moment. If you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, this is the easiest gift to receive, and it will be the easiest thing you've ever done in your life. If you want to receive that today, we're not getting ready to embarrass you. We're getting ready to take you to another room. Actually, we're going to send you to Jerusalem. We'll call the room Jerusalem. 
spiritually. It'll be our spiritual Jerusalem. We're going to send you to another room, and you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. So if that's you today, lift your hand right now. Lift your hand. You've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. You want to receive that today. Just lift it up real high. Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be embarrassed of. You want the manifestation of the gift of praying in other tongues. Right where you're seated right now. We're not getting ready to embarrass you. We're getting ready to love on you. Just lift your hand right where you're seated. Lift it up. God bless you, ma'am. Lift it up. Come on. Nothing to be ashamed of. We're not getting ready to embarrass you. We're getting ready to privately take you off to another room and get you filled. Anyone else in this room right now? You've never, ever in your life been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, Bible evidence of praying in other tongues. Right where you're seated right now. I know what you're sitting there thinking. I'm not sure. Listen, be sure today. Walk out of here. God wants you to have this. Do you think it was important that he told the disciples before you go into ministry? You're going to need some power on you. So go wait until you get something on you before you go out here trying to deal with people. Let me tell you something. It's a mean world out there, man. And to deal with this world, you're going to have, you're going to need some power. All right? Other believers just praying all around the room right now. Other believers. I've already seen a couple of hands, but I know, I know how challenging this can be. I know how the enemy will fight your mind. I know how he will fight your past. I know he'll, how he'll fight everything. And let me tell you something, just yield to it and give God a chance to be who he wants to be in your life. So if you want today to be baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, right where you're seated right now, lift your hand straight up in the air. Lift it up. We're not getting ready to embarrass you. Lift it up. Keep it up as high as you can. I just want to identify how many. God bless you, sir. Thank you for your obedience. Come on, church. Pray all around the room. I know the struggle. I know the fight. I was the exact same way. I held on as long as I could, man. I mean, I just held on. I didn't want to go up there. I didn't understand it. And they didn't do a whole lot to help me understand it afterwards. I actually ended up getting filled by just buying a book, educating myself, reading it, listening to a tape, and got filled in my bedroom. We're not going to do you like that. We're going to actually walk you through some additional scriptures today. Make sure that you fully understand, okay? So I've seen three or four hands go up right now. Anyone else? Believers praying all around the world. Anyone else? Listen to me. If you've just never prayed in other tongues, you need this. You need this. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your obedience. Come on, church. Pray. Pray. Don't spectate today. Come on. Anyone else today? Just lift your hand up in the air. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your obedience. Spirit of God is working on hearts all around the room. Anyone else today? You've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to learn more about that Bible evidence of praying in other tongues? Just lift your hand up right now so I can identify who you are. If you've never prayed in other tongues, listen to me. You need this. One of the greatest gifts you could ever experience with God. I'm going to come back later on in the summer. I'm going to talk more about it. But I'm telling you, just, man, just trust us today. Trust us today. All right, if you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, I want you to do me one more favor. Just gather up all of your personal belongings. We're going to take you privately to another room. Just come right down here right now. I'm going to send you out with some counselors. Come down here right now. You've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. You've never prayed in other tongues. Just come meet me right here, right now. Don't clap, church. It's not time to clap. Don't clap. Just come on down. Come on down. God has something good for you. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your obedience. Come on. I know that there are more around the room. If you're not praying in other tongues right now, that is evidence that you need this gift. Believers praying all around the room. If you're not praying in other tongues right now, you need this gift. Trust me. You need it. Anyone else want to come down here? Anyone else? God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your obedience. Just come on now. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you're not praying in other tongues right now, it is evidence that you need this gift. I'm telling you, 90% of my prayer time is spent praying this way. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your obedience. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your obedience. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your obedience. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your obedience. 90% of my time is spent praying and other tongues. I really have a 15 to 20 minute window of praying with my understanding in English before I've exhausted what I know to pray. And then I kick over into the Holy Ghost and then the Holy Spirit begins to pray through me the perfect will of God about particular areas. I can't pray everything that this congregation needs. I say, Father, you know more about what's going on in their individual lives than I do. And so you said you'd help me where I'm weak. And so, Father, I pray in other tongues right now for every member of this congregation. And I begin to pray over your marriages, your finances, your jobs, your careers. Come on, there's others around here. If you're not praying in other tongues right now, it is evidence that you want to experience this gift. Anyone else? Anyone else today? 
Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your obedience. If you're not praying in other tongues right now, it is the evidence that you need this gift in your life. Anyone else? Come on, believers praying all around the room. If you're not one of the ones praying, you need this gift. Believers praying just real respectfully, not loud, respectfully in other tongues. God bless you. Thank you for your obedience today. God told me he would confirm this word today with this type of harvest, and I give him the glory for it. Come on, there are others in here, though. Come on. Get what God has for you today. If you want to live in the supernatural, this is a big part of being able to see the supernatural in your personal life. Anyone else before I send this group out today? Anyone else? If you're not praying in other tongues right now, it is evidence. We're not getting ready to embarrass you. God bless you, ma'am. We're getting ready to take you to another room privately. And folks, you're going to see we're going to return back to these things consistently. And not that I ever left them. It's just easy as a leader to already have them and forget about how important it is for the people to have them as well, have these things. Anyone else today? Anyone else? God loves you and we love you too. All right, I'm getting ready to close this out. If there's no one else, if you're not praying in other tongues right now, it is evident that you at least need to come down here about what this is all about. Then make a judgment call for yourself. I prophesied that every person standing down here will walk out of here filled, praying in other tongues, filled with the Spirit today in Jesus' name. Okay? So if you all would, look to your right and my left. See that young lady right there? No one clap. Just follow her right now. Give, nope, nope. Follow her right now. God bless each and every one of you. And we're going to jump right back into the message. Praise God. Isn't God good? I said, isn't God good? Isn't he good all the time? Stretch your hands towards them right now. They'll walk out of their field in the name of Jesus. Now, let's get back to the message. I've got about 10 minutes left in this message. Go with me to Acts chapter, mm, go to Acts chapter 8. Let me show it to you another way. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. When you get there, say amen. All right. If you're still there contemplating, I'm going to give you another opportunity here in about 10 minutes, okay? Acts chapter 8. Maybe you just need to see and hear a little bit more. Acts chapter 8. Let's begin reading at verse 5. Uh, this particular story here is about Philip. Uh, Philip, who was one of the seven uh, deacons, uh, later on obviously got filled and, and, and you know, he's had the spirit of wisdom and these different things manifest in him. Now he's out ministering and preaching to people. And notice what happens here in um, verse uh, 5 here. Uh, Philip is preaching Christ uh, in Samaria. Verse 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Look at verse 6. And the multitudes with one accord. You notice how many times we see one accord. How many know it's important for us to be on the same page? God can do so much with linked up church as we all get on the same page, okay? He says here, and the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. In other words, they listened to it and they obeyed it. But, but why? Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So notice they listened because they not only heard, but they saw the miracles that he did. How many know that was a miracle right there that just took place in front of our eyes? How many know I can't draw people? Only the Spirit of God can draw people. Okay? Look at the very next verse here. So after they, they heeded because they saw, they heard and saw the miracles which he did. Well, what was it? Verse 7. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And look what happened to the city. There was great joy in the city. See, I believe God has called churches to go to the city. All right, that's why we're going to always stay in Atlanta. We need to go where no one else wants to go. It's easy to talk about helping people in Atlanta. I mean, it's a whole other thing to actually live with them. Right? All right, go back to Acts chapter 4. Let me show it to you another way. Are you in Acts chapter 4? All right, in Acts chapter 4. Peter and John are arrested. And, and so, how many know when you are under pressure, that's when you really, it reveals who you are? Let me try this side of the room. 
How I many you don't know who you are when people are stroking you? Matter of fact, you don't even know what type of relationship you have with people until you have conflict. They used to say when I was growing up, pressure busts pipes. But it also makes diamonds. But pressure is good because it reveals. I mean, it's easy to say, I will never deny Jesus. Until somebody says you're going to jail if you don't. Jesus who? I never heard of the man. How many know Peter meant that when he told Jesus, I'll even die with you? How many know Peter meant that? He said, not so, Lord. If if it's necessary, I'll die with you. Jesus understood people. And he said, Peter, before the cock crows three times, or crows, you're going to deny me three times. But listen, I believe Peter meant that. Till that pressure showed up. What I love about God, though, pressure also makes you stronger. So even if you failed the first time, doesn't mean you won't pass the test the next time. So how I many you know this is a different Peter now we're getting ready to read about than the one that denied him earlier in the book of John, right? So don't quit because you fail. Use the failure and what it revealed to allow yourself to become stronger. All right, watch this. Now, in verse 4, Peter and John are arrested. Now they're before the Sanhedrin council. The Sanhedrin council is basically telling them, if you don't stop preaching in that name, then you're going to jail or you're going to be killed. Pick the story up. I'm giving you the short version synopsis. Pick it up at verse 19. I want you to see the strength by which they can stand up and say these things. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and what? So in other words, and if what we've seen and heard, we are eyewitnesses to, if that cost us our life, then so be it. This is how powerful it is, folks, when you get your own personal experience with God. You know, as much as we love our children, as much as I love my wife and as much as she loves me, you know, I don't love my children or my wife more than I love God. And so we're just recently disciplining one of our kids, and I had to use this example to help them understand the magnitude of it. I had to help them understand that if your mother was made a decision to be anti-Christ, I wouldn't be with her anymore. And vice versa, I'm sure if I made a decision to be anti-Christ, she's not going to be with me. So if the parents are like that, that's what I'm telling one of my kids, I'm like, at any point, any, any of you, any, I'm never going to put you before God. As much as I love you, I won't put you before God. And it was interesting how it was able, they were able to understand that better, that it wasn't personal against either one of them. But daddy just loves God more than anything else. Let me tell you where that comes from. I've seen too much. He's shown himself to be... Look at, look at you all. How I many only God could bring you all on a holiday weekend at 9 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Kim, I know. Come on, Kim. I know. I know God woke you up this morning. I know the alarm clock didn't wake you up. Come on. Some of y'all even said, well, if I wake up, I'll go. If I don't wake up. <laughs> Come on. That's the manifestation of the gift of discernment right there. That's a word of knowledge, right? And so what, what am I saying here, folks? Man, God is good. Once you get an experience on your own, there's no one that will ever take that experience away from you. Peter can say this because we've heard too much and we've seen too much. And so I, and I learned from the last time that I denied. So this time, whatever it costs me, so let it be. And I mean, that's a blessing when you get to a place where if it costs you your life, you're still willing to move forward. How many know you've crossed over on the other side when you no longer fear death? Right? We're getting ready. We'll be on a plane tomorrow, nine hours. We'll be in London, Brussels, uh, Europe, all these different places where a lot of terrorist acts are happening. It will be the safest place in the world everywhere we step foot on. You can't live that way. Now, if the Spirit of God told me not to go, then how many know I need to not go? But I'm so excited to go, I'm already on the plane. Anybody know when your vacation is the next day? 
Come on, anybody here know what I'm talking about? You're here, but you're really on that plane getting ready to head out, right? And so I came here today to close out strong before we go have one of the best vacations we've ever had in our lives, okay? All right, now watch this. We'll close right here with these thoughts. Four minutes left on my clock. Concluding thoughts here. We read it last week. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you all remember when Paul said that uh, he was talking to the church at Corinth, and he said that my preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but by demonstration of the spirit and of the power, so that the people won't stand in the wisdom of man, but they'll stand in what? The power of God, right? So it was interesting when I studied that more and more, what Paul is really saying, if, if just crafty words are what, what caused you to give your life to Christ, I mean, you know, that's not enough to keep you with Christ. Because someone else can come along who has words craftier than the person you received from and talk you right out of your salvation. But yet, if you get a demonstration of your salvation, it wouldn't matter how crafty someone was with, with their words. They cannot, if God healed you, how I many know no one can, man, listen, if God blessed you with a job that you were believing for, I mean, it wouldn't matter how crafty someone was with their words. It'll never stop you from believing not only what you've just heard, but also what you've experienced. First Thessalonians, let's look at that, uh, chapter, or chapter 1, verse 5. First Thessalonians, chapter 1, uh, verse 5. So God's intent is that the gospel come to you not simply with words, but also with power. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 bears that out. It says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only. Do you see that? But also in what? Power. And in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So if the gospel is declared simply with words, then it is not declared according to the pattern of the New Testament. The gospel must also come with power, signs, and wonders confirming it. This is where I'm getting ready to go, folks. Every time I see it or or preach it, I need to see it. So I'm asking God to confirm whatever was said every time we say something. How many know we're going to see more manifestations of God's demonstration? How many of y'all believe that? You're going to see more people get loans paid off. You're going to see more people where diabetes is reversed. You're going to see more people who couldn't hear be able to hear. People who couldn't see be able to see. People who walked into church without a home, you're going to see them have a home. People who walked into church without a job, you're going to see them not just get a job, but get their dream job. Paul said it this way. Last text here. Go to Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 19. This is interesting how he worded this. Romans chapter 15, verse 19. Father, I'm asking you right now to help us at Linked Up Church minister a more visible, demonstrated gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, Father, whenever we preach it, give us the boldness to step out on it and let you confirm it in each and every one of our lives. Look at what Paul said here in Romans chapter 15, verse 19. He says, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem to the roundabout cities, look at what he said, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So then is it safe to say the gospel is not fully preached? If it doesn't have demonstrations, signs, and wonders accompanying it. How many of y'all ready to go over into this ram? Okay. Now, this is what I am. Two things I want to give you before I let you go, and these are practical. How many of you know this is not just for church? Actually, I believe you can see more demonstrations in your personal life than you even see at church. I see you in most cases one day a week. I mean, you should see God in your life every day of the week. All right? And so I want to give you two things to begin to master, okay? Two things in conclusion. Number one, these should go up on the screen. After reading or studying the Word, you should desire to see the reality of it in your life. Okay? Write that down. Number one, after reading or studying the Word of God, 
you should desire to see the reality of it in your life. And I'll just kind of let you all in on a, on a little nugget here. When I started tithing 27 years ago, it started out as a game. If you all don't mind me just being transparent. And you know what the game was? No, it wasn't how much could I get. It was really, if you are who you say you are, God, then prove it. It's kind of how it started off with me. And what happened was he just kept proving himself. And he's been proving himself for 27 years. You know, it would take God because life happens to everyone. Can you imagine never having a bill that didn't get paid for 27 straight years? Can you imagine having an 800 credit score for 27? How many of y'all only God can do that? Because life happens to everyone. But that's how it started off for me. I read Malachi 3, and it said, prove me now herewith. And I said, God, I'm going to tithe to prove to see if you are who you said you are. And he's hadn't failed me for 27 straight years. Right? And so every time, you know, really not sleeping with my wife prior to marriage, prior to that was God, make our lives so big and show people, show the world the benefit of not sleeping together prior to marriage. And then I would pray, show it in our children too, so that people would desire to live this. So anytime you study it, anytime you read it, desire to see the reality of it in your life. Number two, last one, and we're done for the day. After hearing the word preached, ask God to demonstrate it in your life, watch this, as you act on it. Number two, after hearing the word preached, ask God to demonstrate it in your life as you act on it. What is the key words there? As you act on it. How many know there's no demonstration where there's no obedience? Right? So every time you hear preached, ask God to demonstrate it as you act on it. And then become this person that every time you hear it, don't judge it, just seek to obey it. And then how many of you know God will demonstrate it in your life? If you develop a daily devotion life, every time you study the word, ask God to see the reality of that in your life. And then as you obey it, how many of you know that he's going to follow it up and confirm it and demonstrate it in your life? So what am I saying to you? You don't have to wait till next Sunday to see God. How many of you can see him this afternoon? You can see him first thing in the morning. You can live with him all week long. So by the time we get back together next Sunday, he's done more for you than we could ever do in a 35-minute service. All right, how many of y'all are ready to see God move in your life? Well, come on, let's lift our hands and let's just invite him in to this aspect of our personal lives, this aspect of Linked Up Church. And Father, I right now publicly, Father, if I have neglected these areas or let them slip, as Hebrews tells us, Father, I personally repent, Father, and I change the way that I think about this and make this a greater part of how I minister, how I allow you to minister to me, through me, Father, so that it is not all of me. It's actually less of me and more of you in all of these services, Father. And every person under the sound and authority of my voice, Father, may we not just be religious or go through the routine of church or being Christians, but may we daily desire to see more of you in our lives. And as we study it and as we hear it, Father. We desire to see the reality, the reality of it in our lives. And we know that as we obey you, Father, you're going to always demonstrate and confirm your word with signs and wonders following. Father, allow this to now be a staple in Linked Up Church and in the lives of every individual that's a part of it. And we give you all the glory for not just what we'll hear, but also what we'll see over this church's existence. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. While you're in that attitude of prayer today, everyone just look up here at me for a moment. Maybe you're here today and you're not a part of the kingdom of God. Maybe you've never accepted.